sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Tonight we celebrate, we remember, we commemorate the institution of the Holy Eucharist by Jesus at his last supper with his disciples on the night before he was betrayed. This supper is the Passover feast. And just as God commanded the people of, of Israel to keep the Passover as a perpetual remembrance of their deliverance from Egypt, so Jesus commands his people to celebrate the Eucharist with, with bread and wine as a remembrance of his death until he comes again. Just as the people of Israel um, shared in the Exodus through the, the Passover meal, so that, that, that they could say, we have been delivered, and God saved us. They shared with their ancestors in the Exodus. So the church shares in Jesus' death through the Eucharistic feast so that we can say we are crucified with Christ and we are victorious with Christ. St. Paul writes this, the cup of blessing that we bless is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us, as we say. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Keep the feast, yes. You say, but haven't you heard? We're in the middle of a pandemic. The churches have been closed to public worship for weeks now. How can we keep the feast? These are indeed strange times. To celebrate this glorious institution now is, is so bittersweet when, when, when so many of us cannot take the sacrament with our lips. How can we keep the feast? The answer, I think, is by faith and desire. When the hour had come, Jesus said to his disciples, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you. Do we, his disciples, have a corresponding desire? Do we desire what he desires? Do, do we share his hope? Do we desire him as he desires us? Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice 
and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. The 1928 prayer book even says this, that if by any just impediment, such as a time of great sickness, such as a time of a pandemic, if, if at, at any time such as this, a person is prevented from receiving the sacrament of Christ, body and blood, it says, the minister shall instruct him that if he do truly repent him of his sins and, and steadfastly believe that Jesus Christ have suffered death upon the cross for him and, and shed his blood for his redemption, earnestly remembering the benefits he hath thereby and giving him hearty thanks therefor, he doth eat and drink the body and blood of our Savior Christ profitably to his soul's health, although he do not receive the sacrament with his mouth. This is what um, sometimes called spiritual communion. It's what, it's what we've all been learning a lot about in the past few weeks, um, as it's the only communion that is open to a large amount of, of the world's Christian population. The Eucharist is a meal, but it is also a sacrifice and an act of worship. If we cannot eat and drink the meal, then, then we may at least make the sacrifice and give the worship. What's the sacrifice that we offer? What's the sacrifice that you offer yourselves? We offer this. We offer ourselves, our souls and bodies to God in imitation and remembrance of the one true and perfect offering of Christ. Our sacrifice, our offering is taken up into his and sharing in his death, we also share in his victory. Today, um, we're fortunate enough through the miracle of technology to at least be able to watch the mass being performed and in, in some measure to participate virtually through a computer screen, through a TV screen, <laughs> through a smartphone. And yet, it is enough just to know that it is being said, the Mass, the Holy Mass, that the worship of God and the thanksgiving for the sacrifice of Christ continues even in our absence. We unite ourselves to that sacrifice by faith and by desire. Does this mean then that uh, the, the physical elements of bread and wine are somehow superfluous? By no means, by no means. If anything, I pray that this extended time of deprivation from 
partaking of the outward sign of the sacraments, sacraments might give you a greater appreciation of their significance. Let me share with you the, the story of my own long time uh, separation from the Holy Sacrament. When I was in my, uh, my, my early 20s, in my, my late teens maybe, I, I, I spent about five years or so worshiping among the society of friends, the, the Quakers as, as they're sometimes called. And as you may know, the worship of the Quakers is simple. It is um, without any outward forms. It, it, it consists entirely of silent prayer, which, which sometimes gives way to prophetic speaking. Uh, this seemed for me like the natural extension of, of my evangelical youth, which, which um, although the sacraments were, were observed, they were, they were underemphasized in favor of, of personal spiritual experience. The observance of outward rites really seemed uh, to me at the time to be superfluous, uh, even a distraction. But despite their, uh, their negations, what I learned from the Quakers was an emphasis on the real presence of Christ in the midst of his people during worship that Christ abided in the midst of his people. And I began to truly, in the silence of that Quaker meeting, long for a real communion with him. And sometimes I really felt I experienced that, but other times it eluded me. But then there came a day when... when um, there was a flood in, in our neighborhood, and I usually took the, the trolley to the Quaker meeting house. Um, and, and the floods had washed out the trolley track, so I was, I was unable to, to get to where I typically would worship on a Sunday morning. And I, went, I was walking home sort of disappointed, and I ended up stopping into a, a local Lutheran congregation. And I sat in, the worship was just beginning, and I sat in, and it was, it was an unremarkable service. It was, you know, nice in its way, didn't really rock my world at all. But when it came time for communion, I felt myself almost pushed up out of my, out of my pew and joining in, 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 the, in, the, in the line that formed as people walked forward to receive the body and blood of Christ. And at this time, it had been several years since I made any kind of communion. And when it came time for the, the, the minister, the, the pastor, to, to, to give me the body and blood of Christ, I heard God speak to me in a distinct way, clear as a bell, and he said, this is how I feed my people. And I, and, and, and I was convicted by that. I was moved by that. That really did rock me. 
Amen. And from that moment on, I, 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 even though there was some time after that, I, I continued to worship among the Quakers. I, I looked for ways to participate in the Holy Eucharist. The Eucharist is indeed the means through which Christ is really present among us in our worship. And not just in a spiritual way, but in a physical and tangible way as well. The bread and wine in, in the miracle of the rite become for us the actual substance of, of Jesus' holy sacrifice to the Father, his body and his blood. By faith, we can take hold of, of the assurance of his presence there. And, and just as we are, are fed and nourished physically, he also feeds us spiritually. But until that day when, when you can once more taste and see the goodness of the Lord, reach out to him by faith. And be assured that he will come and dwell in your hearts. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.